What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Bronche. I am Julissa. What's good, everybody? This is Skittles. And this week, we have a homie that I met in fifth grade from the Bronx. My One of my first Mexican friends, actually. <laughs> <laughs> one of my first Mexican <laughs> friends and a dear brother to me, Eriberto. Who the fuck are you? Hey, guys. My name is Eriberto Villa. So, as Julissa said it, me and her have been friends for fifth, since fifth grade, we didn't finish that story actually. So we were talking about how we met. Yeah. So me, I, I, I started. I moved from Harlem. I grew up in Harlem maybe for ten years mm-hmm. on One Twenty Sixth Street between Broadway and Old Broadway. They have the one train coming up. Mm-hmm. It was completely different back then. Now, wow, it's, now yeah. it's really nice. I can't even imagine because like that place. Now it's completely changed. Yeah, they even have a Starbucks and everything. So. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and then you, so you came from Harlem. So I came from Harlem. So I came to the Bronx, and I mean, we didn't really know much of the junior high schools at the time. Mm-hmm. So someone suggested, "Oh, there's a school, Flags 98." So they, my, me, and my my mother, we went, we went to sign up, and since they didn't have no records of me. They put me in the slow. The slow. <laughs> you was in the special class, in the Eddie. Slow class, yes. <laughs> oh man! Because you know how they used to. What used to have like um every um credit um the report cards mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. quarterly or something mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. So I think his name was Mr. McGinnis, and he was like, "Yo, you guys do not belong here." Yeah. Like, what are you guys doing? He obviously he could tell right away. Yeah. So that's when they transfer us to your class, which was. 501 the smart class the smart okay. the all right <laughs> okay there was always that low-key like if you was in 501 you were the honors class that got to take the regions yeah we did we and did we you took the earth, earth. Three. You didn't, you didn't take earth to me. yeah well eddie doesn't <laughs> you didn't remember want to be an 04 like yeah eddie doesn't remember but wait, we did have a chance to take the earth science region eddie and i took the earth science region yes, in advance and we took like a u.s history like a history one or mm. something like my that. my mom stayed tried to get me in that class yeah and like it, my mom stayed trying to get me in that, no, that it, type of class <laughs> but and i never got in it because but. you were what you were busy being skittles like I, was, you were, <laughs> I would talk to a wall that was that was important that but, needed to happen but the cool thing was that like i, I told you earlier it's like some some people that you name that you guys name and i'm like who, who the fuck are who the fuck are these people honestly uh-huh. that's like half the people no even more than half so that you guys take me through this whole time is like crazy that's yeah that's the most important thing yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely so we've like honestly like eddie really and like he knows um desiree who we've had on the show before as well shout out to desiree Desiree. and like people who you will continue to meet and it's like for some crazy reason we all stuck together there's no like there was no i don't know we just lived yeah i know i always get the text of like i'm at brunch with my middle school friends yeah (laughs) and And i'll be like but it's a whole other like it's a it's a like protected bubble almost like we each individually in that group have very separate lives lives, like very like if we didn't meet each other at that moment in our life there's probably no way we would have crossed paths as adults it's like we never we never missed the beat like it just keeps going like the beat yeah we saw each other yesterday (laughs) literally like the same roles too like i get picked on caesar makes all the jokes Uh, eddie co-signs all the jokes and laughs like you know what i mean like carmelia is always being loud and hitting the boys like (laughs) it's literally the same shout out to carmelia shout out to carmelia like and shout out to carmelia she's an auntie now oh Oh, my congratulations congratulations beautiful nephew beautiful beautiful boy um But yeah, so like it's such a wonderful thing. But that's how we met. So we got, we were in middle school. We had a lot of fucking fun. Grew yeah. up. 
grew and, up. And, and then where'd you go after and after flags? So I feel like I, when during high school, everybody just even just went their own separate ways. Because me, even me and Dion, we went to the same high school. And yeah. me and Eddie. Yeah. And we just like had everybody had just their own thing. Yeah. And I would run into you on the train. That's yeah, yeah. I think that that was part of how we like stayed connected too, because I would run into you on the train. So even if numbers would change, like I would eventually run into him and we would just update our, each other's number. Like, and you know, social media and social, social media, media. But he's, he's not really social media heavy. No, but I'm, yeah. I'm trying to. You now. Try to be. <laughs> now I have, to, <laughs> now you have to. I'm creating a brand. So I have, I have to put myself out there, let people fall in love with the person I am. And yeah hopefully give me their their business so. right right at the end of the day yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you went to college high school where i went where? to um high school in Manhattan center uh, okay cool yeah. it was on 116 in pleasant i remember we went to we went to a field trip over yeah there. we had yeah. gone to a trip over there i applied i actually got into that school if really? i didn't get into laguardia um and uh, ppas i probably would have gone there oh no i also got into talent I was like, yeah yeah i was, yeah, to I was go gonna to laguardia see. too though yeah i never went to the test though. yeah you never went uh, for art right yeah, for art. yeah. Oh, i used to love to draw mm-hmm. yeah it was yes. awesome it, i'm like wow like even I, I forgot yeah like he would draw mad shit all the time yeah, yeah. i actually um designed my tattoos to have on me really i thought so yeah. i thought so because oh my god it looks like it looks well, reminiscent of his let art let me hit you um. well <laughs> I, I designed them i came up with the concept obviously the tattoo artist drew it drew way them. way better than i did uh. but. <laughs> but the first one that you got like the angel one reminds yeah. me a lot of like what your art was <laughs> no i mean in a good way like in a good way do you like, still it looks- like no, do you no, still no. practice that no oh. I, I paint occasionally Mm-hmm. So me and my fiance, we actually go to the park the, oh, and just really? paint. That's that awesome. Is, yeah, it's that's so cool. sweet. So adorable. <laughs> yeah. That's but like it, movie it, sweet. It's it just cool because like you know you you go somewhere where it's quiet mm-hmm. and yeah. it, it's basically we're there together, but we're not there together. Yeah, yeah. Time. You're not. You're not. So everybody just in their own world. Just that's beautiful. Paint whatever you fucking want to paint. There's yeah. th- that's it's important to keep people in your life that you can do that with. No, you yeah. Know, yeah, yeah, that you don't have to be. Yeah. Oh, shout out to uh, Yadira. Yes. (laughs) So, all right. So, from high school, you go to... Oh, so, yeah. So, then I went to... um, I started actually in BMTC. Mm -hmm. Then I transferred. I was doing business. And then I transferred to Baruch College, Mm -hmm. where I started doing real estate, which I enjoyed. I I enjoyed the numbers. I've always been been good at math. Mm -hmm. So, something to see how how you get value by investing a certain amount of money and how it grows after a certain amount of time, depending on the environment that affects it so much is, is for me it's interested yeah so that's why i went to uh i was bartending at the time i didn't have money to pay for college so i had to do find something to do yeah so i started bartending pay for college and actually that kind of backfired because once i graduated uh, i couldn't really get an internship or a job because they had have no experience mm-hmm. they were like all i had was a bartending experience but it actually kind of helped though because I, I know how to talk to clients now so. yeah being a bartender i think like literally i can't imagine the stories that bartenders fucking collect like i'm a playwright and i'm like hmm maybe i should bartend for like a month and like just collect all these life stories (laughs) yeah well that's the good thing because it actually makes you analyze your life even better Mm. because for for me what i've noticed and i feel like it's a lot of people in the world now they they don't really know where they're going you know Mm -hmm. or they feel lost Mm -hmm. or I don't know for whatever reason. Yeah, I include myself in that, and you you just start realizing that everything you went through is for a reason. And if you just mm-hmm. learn from it and stop making excuses and just get up 
and do it, you could fucking do whatever you want. Yeah. Can we talk about how we're only a minute into this episode and he's already spitting all like, this knowledge? All this knowledge. <laughs> Come and get it, children. Yeah, but it, it takes a long time to actually go to find out. I mean, for me, it took me 27 years. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, like, I'm so proud of Eddie because, like, we were fucking little rascals. And, like, Eddie, I have to say, like, has always been like we were in this we were in the smart class right but like mm-hmm. eddie has always been a really really fucking intelligent dude and like anywhere in life like even if like you know mathematically even if he wasn't going to math class but his math <laughs> on, at work and in the street or whatever he had to like you know what i mean was on point like you know maybe he wasn't reading the books that were assigned in english class because they weren't interesting oh, to him but like mm-hmm. but you know what i mean but he was still out here and look you hear him speaking like you know he's very very knowledgeable and well-rounded and like it's almost like the where we come from it was set up for him not to succeed like it was oh, he man. was set up there were so many things against him and so many like sidetracks that he could have taken and like gangs and all like all this wild shit and like even if it took him up until now and not even just now like the past few years i'd say you know what i mean like to actually just like have that moment where it's like no i'm gonna get my shit together i will never forget i ran into him on the train we were all both on our way to school and when he was in bmcc and when he was like yeah well i'm not staying there like i like i'm like he's too good for that like he was like i'm too good for that shit and like the fact that he knew that and it's, it's almost like it was the moment where he's like i just need to apply myself like he had all the tools he has the drive he has the intelligence and he's applied himself and like honestly it's so fucking rewarding to watch you oh now. thank you so yeah. much you're about to make me too yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no but because we know each other's struggle like i remember we'd be on the train and like he's like yeah I'm, I'm gonna take my road test i'm gonna learn how to drive and i'm like yeah i'll totally take the classes with you and then next time i run into him on the train he's like oh i got my license already like boom boom everything that once he says he's going to do yeah. something he fucking does it like and i don't know how he makes it happen but that, it just yeah, happens that's the goal, like, man. <laughs> you gotta, uh, shout out to eric thomas actually he's uh he does inspirational videos mm-hmm. online i listen to him every morning nice so that's what gets you up you know sometimes yeah there's a lot of excuses there's always going to be excuses there's always going to be shit that's going to happen right you just had to get up you and keep going and and it's true actually uh, my father actually told me the same story he, he was teaching me how to ride a bike and i refused for him to hold me from the back you know how they take mm-hmm. the the training wheels yeah and they hold you from the back seat i was like no leave it yeah and i felt like five six times but i got it that day like wow and he told me yo I know you're motivated. We actually, we actually spoke. When was it? It doesn't matter. But we spoke, <laughs> and we like it's actually it's been something I've been trying to do. I want to get connected more with my family. Yeah. So, you know, my whole idea was like, you know, I want I want to when I become rich, you know, I can help. I want to help my family. I want to help them with this, and I actually realized I don't need the fucking money to help my family. I could mm. be there for them emotionally or be whatever reason. So I I took my dad out. You know, we went. Let's we spoke. And mm-hmm. it's pretty cool because he tells me these stories that I, you know, you forget about them. Yeah. Mm. And you just stop for a couple of seconds and you listen to the people. And for example, what you just said now is like, damn, there's, there's people out there that think of me like this, you know? Yeah. And it makes you just keep pushing more and believe in you. I'm a, you know? Yeah. Because the most more important thing is for me to believe it. Right. More than anybody right. else. Right. A hundred percent. And that's just what it is. I think a lot of us don't have room to, we don't make room to believe in ourselves. Like yeah. we'll believe a million negative wrong things that people will tell us about ourselves, but we are, we are not quick to believe the things that are really true and positive about who we are. Um, but yeah, that's, that's Eddie. Oh, yes. <laughs> what an introduction. Well, Eddie, you're out to brunch. You go out to brunch with yes, your with friends. With his fiance. With your fiance. <laughs> what is your go-to brunch plate? Oh, the the Wayland. 
is on the Wayland is the Alphabet City, the best brunch ever. Really? Funny story. Wait, where? Wait, be specific. He literally just said the address. He said Alphabet City. Yeah, well. Wayland and Alphabet City. I want to be specific. I'll give you the right address. Yeah, so we'll. What are you getting at the Wayland while you're at the Wayland? So the address of Wayland is 700 East 9th Street. Yes. All right. Plug it. Come on. I have to get their address because they're that good. And Seriously? so what right. you, what's your favorite thing to eat when you're there? It's not so much what, you, what I eat. It's actually the experience. Hmm. Okay, so tell us Okay, about come through. So, you know, after a party, people get drunk, people fight, whatever. The whole reason I ended up being, like, locked up, right? Mm-hmm. So I come out, and I tell my fiance, hey, pick me up at the Wayland, because it's, like, a mutual spot we go to. So I go there. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I have no money. And mm-hmm. I, I see the bartender, like, hey, what's up, you know? I don't have money, but my fiance is coming. She's going to pay you. It's okay if I get something to eat. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, whatever, okay. And he gave me multiple drinks. The bill was like $150. Wow. And the, the guy, he like had faith in me that he's like, yo, this guy, he's going to pay me. Yeah. And my sure, obviously, my fiance came, picked me up. And we paid, paid him. We paid him, yeah. And we actually gave him a really good tip. But, you know, not a lot of people do that. Yeah. And it was so much because I got out. And I didn't have anything. And yeah. someone was like, yo. I got you, brother. <laughs> Fuck it up. Yeah. You see, good being a good Samaritan Yo, honestly, will get you customers. I say that all the time. I'm like, I, you have to be a good person. You can't just show up to work and be good at your job. You also have to be a good person yes. to the people that you're working with. Like, Also, I don't eat there. I drink. <laughs> <laughs> so the real reason I don't have the to The real pay. reason. All right, so let's get to the real question. If you're, trying to, if you're trying to choose your favorite brunch booze, what are you going for? My favorite brunch booze. Mimosas, probably. Okay. Mimosas. This yeah. is like what week three we've gotten mimosa. Yeah, a lot of people. A are lot of people with fuck with mimosas. Yeah. I, you know, I really like different juices with my mimosas. And cranberry mimosas right now are in season, and I'm very excited. So are apple cider mimosas. Yeah. Get with yeah. it. It is so good. Well, as you know, I drink a whiskey. Whiskey. So yeah. I can't start drinking whiskey in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very true. And so, what was it like going out to eat when you were a kid? My favorite thing to eat, McDonald's. Oh, no, no. What was it like going out to eat? Like, what was the experience? Like, you would go out to eat with your family. What was it like? Well, we, we just kind of just went to McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> it just was it. So, what was, Listen, it? was that exciting? Well, it, it was good because, oh, yeah, so usually our family time was Sunday. Mm-hmm. So, my mm-hmm. dad worked the whole week. Um, we used to live... In Harlem, like I said, we actually used to live next to Grant's tomb. Grant's tomb mm. is a beautiful part. You guys go see it. It's nice. And has like a museum and everything. Yeah. So that used to be like our family hangout spot. That was also my family's hangout spot. That's so fucking weird. No You're way. the first other person who I've ever I've heard. Never seen you yeah. Well, maybe we have and we just didn't <laughs> right. know. But I'm sorry. I didn't even mean to interrupt. That was just so exciting. So you would go there. Yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we would go there and it would be my whole family. My, my grandmother... Obviously, or she had nine kids, so all her nine kids used to go there. Wow. So it was like, imagine seeing like a bunch of Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Just mad Mexicans hanging so it out. It looked like a party, so this is a bunch of us, too. It's yeah. Like, so imagine, there's nine brothers and sisters. Wow. And each of them has oh. probably like five kids, average. Wow. Oh so that's a lot. And then some of them even have grandchildren, so. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's, that's fucking dope. Yeah. One of my favorite things about living in this neighborhood, too, and it's always like... And I don't know if they're Mexican or just Central American in general, but like 
in packs playing volleyball in like the like courts that we have by here yes. and like it's the whole family you see the wives on the side and like yeah. even grandmas sometimes and they have food and they're playing music on the radio mm-hmm. and the you know all the kids and the dudes are playing I, and I'm I just like that's wonderful yeah well I don't think we didn't play too much music but we played a lot of games like games, soccer yeah. and stuff like that so after that we were all there was a McDonald's literally in the corner of my house so mm-hmm. we would just all come down the hill to go to, to our house and McDonald's was just there and everybody would just eat together so it was cool you know McDonald's that's awesome what a beautiful yeah. memory and so what is your favorite bochincha topic to talk about while you're eating mm. damn we're just too busy eating yeah <laughs> <laughs> no honestly cause it's like whoever eats even the fastest even when you guys go out to brunch we used to get like McDonald's like no not brunch for brunch we speak it just depends the mood the mood. It depends yeah. the mood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends the mood. But do you like like what are things that you're like that you find that you always talk about? Like me and Juan always somehow talk about dick, mm-hmm. right? Like <laughs> <laughs> somehow, yeah. Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 So if, if, it's, my, if it's my friends, uh, a really close friend of mine, Ivan or Arjunas, shout mm-hmm. out to them. If it's with them, we just probably talking about how we're gonna make money. Nice. 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 Because with my fiance, we usually speak how we can improve ourselves and our goals for the future. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really fucking solid. Anybody, I need to start taking life advice yo, from honestly, me. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like I said, it takes time. It takes time. But honestly, like I said, yo, you know me since what? Like, I, that doesn't think because I've heard people I actually used to get awards back in when I was like fifth grade or something yeah. like that. And like so many people thought that was supposed to be this big thing. And well, someone, you you were gonna be a lawyer at some point. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Somewhere <laughs> somewhere in the middle, you just get like lost, whatever for whatever reason. Like little decisions mm-hmm. just sidetrack you from where you're going. You know. Yeah. The best thing now is that I know where I'm going. So. That's awesome. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and now we're gonna move into our cheers to the lady who moment, where we shout out people who are doing dope shit. All right, now this is not necessarily dope, but this is I, strictly on your end too. Yeah, Kanye fan. <laughs> I, you know, not it's it's so much bigger than Kanye. I just I think that seeing that he either is potentially back on medication or is you know even if he's not on medication, that his mind is leaning towards trying to open up and see that he hasn't been you know, sort of in his right state of mind and that he's been Mm -hmm. used as a puppet. Like, the idea that he might potentially be honestly having a moment of realization is exciting to me because although canceling Kanye West makes complete sense, I get it, I know why people are mad at him, I'm not questioning that. If we have the ability to potentially save him and, like, see someone in, in the public eye, like, come full circle... From like really bad moment to whatever, then I think that it is a great example that can be used when we're talking about mental health in our communities and how like there is a moment where it gets rough and it's hard to be supportive to someone when they are, you know, essentially being assholes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, those even those assholes like sometimes need support to grow out of the bad shit and the bad state of mind that they're in and so like if if we can do that with kanye i think that that just gives hope for other people like we all have toxic people in our lives like kanye is just a fucking man at the end of the day and there's so many people in our lives who talk and say wild shit like kanye west and like we don't 
care that deeply. You know what I mean? And I get it because he's in the public eye and so what he does affects more people. But my point being that if he can come full circle, then it could be a lesson on how we can, and the people in our lives who aren't in the public eye who are that way, see a hope that they can maybe change their perspective too. I just want to have that hope. And so that's what it's really about for me. It's not about Kanye West as a man and, oh, let's listen to his music now and let's buy his listen, shit. All right. I, I am a Britney fan. I went through 2007. All right. <laughs> so you don't have to explain yourself to me. <laughs> I'm explaining myself actually to the world. Okay. Because I, know, because I know how triggering that is and how upsetting a lot of the shit he said was like i'm not gonna deny that and quite frankly even in these words are are not enough of a sign of what he needs to do like he needs to take real actions like he said he's awake but like are you gonna act woke or are you just gonna say you're woke and get pe- in good and you won't know i i don't even know. i don't even know what i would do if britney can i say something real quick yeah, of course, yeah. with the technology was <laughs> one okay well, the only reason i don't like kanye was because he had that beef with 50 cent <laughs> from school can i tell you eddie Rento was the biggest g unit fan i ever knew in my life like 50 something yeah okay 50 cent all right cent, but nah. you would wear the g unit i clothes. used to like, i used to wear g unit clothes and g unit sneakers so there is no judgment here <laughs> that used to be my straight boy gear so yo i had the red and black g unit sneakers and the red and black g unit shirts and you know what eddie Rento had this hoodie that i liked that it was all black and it just said g unit and like the basic <laughs> yeah. font G-G-G-G-G-G-G-Unit. And it was the best. It, it honestly was the best. Listen, G Unit was popping when we were in middle school. So fuck out of here. If anybody's judging right now, I mean, shout out to G Unit. Shout out to Lot Twenty Nine. Speaking, speaking of G, but speaking of G Unit, can I sidetrack real, t- real yeah. quick? And can we talk about how Fifty Cent bought two hundred seats petty, at a ja, petty, at a ja Rule petty, concert just petty, so that nobody petty. can be there? So he bought two hundred seats in the front row. So that nobody would buy them, but nobody yeah. showed up. So his show was literally empty in the front, and then anybody else was around. Petty, petty, <laughs> petty. And that's I'm petty. Just like, how do you bring back that old ass beef? And that's like fucked up. Like I just I, there I was that so meme funny. going around talking about like, yo, I love Fifty Cent, but I understand why he got shot nine times. Yeah, like he's a dick. <laughs> he's also sometimes a little like transphobic, and I I I have issues with some of the shit he says, but I. Did I mean he's Fifty Cent and I'm not gonna lie and say that I don't fuck with his music. I do, but he's he's problematic. He's petty. He's petty and he's problematic. I just fuck with his <laughs> Get Rich or Die Trying. Get Rich or Die Trying. I mean, like really, that is Fifty Cent. Yeah. Like that album is what Fifty Cent is always gonna be to me. Talking about hip hop, let's get into what's going on in this Nicki and Cardi beef. So basically. Earlier this week, Cardi released, like, I want to say, like, nine videos just going off on Nicki Minaj. And I must say, as someone who really does love Nicki Minaj and really does love Cardi B, it was really the the best thing to happen in pop culture for us to, like, distract us from everything that's going on in, like, the political world. Because Cardi B really was just, like keeping it 100 like yeah. like she was really just on some shit like bitch you keep talking shit about me i want you to leave me alone this is what's going on this is why you're mad but you keep saying this and this is what really happened she had all the receipts yeah like she really she really went off and i had to like even as someone who has been following Nicki minaj had to give my respect to cardi b because i got my entire soul from cardi b's videos now of course cardi b's rant came from 
a bunch of shit that has been going down in their beef. But mainly, uh, Nicki Minaj recently released a... Um, she's been doing a bunch of shit. Basically, Nicki Minaj has gotten mad, mad petty. So Nicki Minaj has released a line of merchandise that says, Nicki, stop my bag. Because Cardi B's main um, argument in some interview was that Cardi B supposedly said that, oh, no, no, on the post that um, Cardi B posted after the whole Nicki Minaj debacle at, at the Bazaar party was that Cardi B accused Nicki Minaj of liking a comment that Cardi B was a bad mother and that whatever, Nicki Minaj denies all the claims, blah, blah, blah. That's why the Harper's Bazaar thing happened. Because she was like, nah, you could talk about me. You could lie on me. But the as soon as you start judging my motherhood, like, and how I take care of my child, like, fuck out of here. I'm not, like... Which is... I'm not fucking with that. Which yeah. is understandable. Whatever. Harper's Bazaar happens, blah, blah, blah. So, Cardi B put in the... In the um in the post after the Harper's Bazaar thing that Nikki was stopping her bag, aka like stopping artists from working with yeah, her, yeah, their whatever, money, yeah, from her money. So Nikki Minaj put out a merchandise brand that said Nikki stop my brag, like T-shirts, bags, hoodies, whatever. Queen Petty. Did you then, buy the shirt? No, I didn't. <laughs> Why not? Um, because I don't invest in Nicki Minaj. I just follow her. I invest <laughs> in Britney Spears. Um, Britney Spears? Why? Because she is godly. But we're no, not no, but talking about that. About Britney Spears, though. Why, why you like Britney Spears? Oh, he doesn't know oh. your... That's yeah, a explain, whole... That's an entire No, but that's cool. Episode. Tell me about that. <laughs> I'd rather hear about that than about... Sure. About, give it to us. All right. right. Short so, the shortest version that I could possibly give No, you that. can make it long. <laughs> give the, yeah, honestly, ahead, there might be me. some people who, who actually don't know why. Yeah, exactly. Like, they know, but they don't know why. All right. Well, I guess the biggest way that I could put is that uh, Britney Spears, for me, was what a lot of, like, Madonna was for earlier gays. Lady mm. Gaga was for, like, younger gays than me. Britney Spears I, really was the, the gay icon the gay, that oh, I related with as a child so like everything that she was going through like and all the music that she released really related to everything that i went through as a teenager mm -hmm. what, what was she going through oh i was going through a lot of stuff that yeah. we will get into you know what i'm talking about britney spears what was she going oh, through that um that you connected teen with? angst <laughs> yeah teen angst you know Everything, everything, like, you know, with 2007 and the shaving of the What's head. Was teen angst? Like, they were making fun of her? Yeah, I don't know, actually. I don't, I don't know. It's, What's teen angst? It's no, no, it was, like, at the height of paparazzi and at the height of, um, you know, that whole phenomenon of being a, a it girl. Mm -hmm. She mm -hmm. was the pinnacle of that. And they built her up to be Britney Spears, American Pie, you mm -hmm. know. Sweetheart, a yeah. sweetheart who doesn't do anything wrong, and then here she is shaving her head and like banging a van with an umbrella. Like she was like, "Fuck this," you know. Yeah. And it said that like when she was shaving her head, she said she was talking about like, "Don't touch me. I don't want anybody to touch me," you know. So she went through like this traumatic experience, but through that traumatic experience, released the best album that she's ever released. Like in her entire career, the only album to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. So it's always kind of like What's this the name mystery. of the album. I never even heard it. What's the name? Which, which called Blackout. Blackout. Called Blackout. Yeah. I'm gonna hear that. So that sounds, yeah, that yeah. Dope. 
So, like, she's an icon. Whatever. <laughs> um, but um, I forgot what I was... So, you were saying, so yeah, the this, Cardi stopped my bag shit. Yeah, but, but that's cool, though, that that Britney Spears, she went to match it. Yeah. And she came she out did. to something, right? Yeah. I mean, girl is starting a new residency and making a half a million dollars a show. Yeah. Half and a million dollars. And she lip syncs. A show. <laughs> <laughs> she's lit. Yeah. She's lit. Um, Definitely. So we were saying that, so Nicki, um, the whole release of my bat. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Nicki Minaj was being very petty, being very, very petty. And, um, you know, released a line about about the Nicki stopped my bag. And then, um, and then uh, she, I, I, I essentially, I answered her in a verse. And it's featured on Tyga's new song, Dip, where she says, um, she says, all that... All that rah-rah shit was never an icon issue. Harper's Bazaar, I'm covering their icons issue. So they're, she's literally talking about the Harper's Bazaar party. Mm-hmm. And then she goes, um, W, Vogue, Cosmo, I got issues. Because Cardi B keeps on saying that Nicki Minaj has issues. So she's like, yeah, I got issues. I'm mm-hmm. on the cover of magazines. Right. So I think that, that the release of that verse was what caused Cardi B to go off on mm-hmm. this internet tirade. Gotcha. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I was here for it. It was fun. And it was interesting to follow. And yeah, no, it was fun. And honestly, watching Cardi, watching Cardi (laughs) sort of go in and like with her big ass nail, like tapping on her phone, going down the pictures. (laughs) I was just like, wow, I feel like I'm in middle school again. And the the pretty girl in class is tight as some shit. And she's like giving everyone the gossip. Um, So it was definitely fun. But you know, I hope that the ladies can come together. And I know Nikki posted some shit saying like, "Oh, I don't want to talk about this anymore." Like, she yeah, and then on. Cardi, Cardi reposted it. So I think, honestly, there's something inside my soul that says, and I think it's because I rocked, I watched Roxanne, Roxanne on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The that it's that's about Roxanne, Roxanne, Roxanne. You talked about it, Shantae, yeah, episode, whatever, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. That they were paid right. to be, yeah. You know my thoughts. Yeah. Okay. I think they're getting paid. <laughs> to do this. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised. Um, and you've been watching a lot of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yes. Okay. So I just wanted to throw in this shit to check out. Watch Sabrina, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's, uh, it's creepy, but it's like also has the nostalgic feel because it's the same characters, but it's a completely different interpretation. Um, and I've been fucking with it so go check it out nice yeah i'm gonna check it out the, the girl who plays sabrina was in the show mad men um, okay yeah so she's a little lit she's lit so i'm gonna check it out um maxine waters ain't scared of no pipe bomb bitch yo i don't love- come don't come with no bombs <laughs> to my fucking house like yo, i'm not scared of that right. shit like maxine waters yet again and honestly like a lot of people had to deal with that shit. Actually, one of the pipe bombs that were sent was in the post office across the street from my dad's job, which like, okay, they wouldn't have blown up to a point where it would have been dangerous and my dad would have died or anything. But I'm starting to feel that fear that I felt when I was in middle school, which was like, oh shit, is there going to be a terrorist attack again? Or is there going to be, and and not terrorist as in like, oh, I'm thinking. There isn't going to be one. Yeah, but I'm not talking about the Middle East. I'm talking about white people. Like, that's mm. is the thing. It's like, do I think that ISIS is going to attack the United States right now? I'm not I'm not afraid. I mean, like, I'm afraid of terrorism overall. But, like, I'm not 
focused on the Middle East, the motherfuckers who are trying to kill me are, are right the fuck here, living here in the United States. I mean, they're the ones who are literally killing people. I mean, we're going to talk about it later, but Donnie Jones, like, mm-hmm. got lynched in a, like, literally in his literally mom's backyard. last week, last week. And, and, and Wait, who got just, lynched? Uh, so there's um, a woman who is an active um, Ferguson a- advocate in Missouri, and her son, um, who's in his 20s, got lynched in her backyard. Like, that's literally some, like, slave time. Like, and then it just came out that they were ruling it as a suicide. Yeah, they were trying to they were trying to say that it was a suicide. Uh, was it a suicide? No, it, no, there's no evidence. There's no evidence whatsoever that that would indicate. And there's no one. There was evidence that the, the lady put a lynch them. So it's under investigation, but the first assumption right away was like, oh, they couldn't have lynched him. That was suicide. But they are, she's targeted because she is an activist. So she's actively, you know, um, always shouting and representing Black Lives Matter this. And you know what I mean? And the, some of those people have been attacked. Mm-hmm. And these people get death threats all the time, like just yeah, because they're a- activists. So it's not like far-fetched. Um, it's just interesting because the first thing, the first thought is always to protect the white guy and like the it's like almost impossible that a white guy would just do that even though we just had a whole week where dudes were sending pipe bombs a white Mm -hmm. guy literally walked into a synagogue and killed a bunch of jewish you know what i mean like we just had a week there's a lot of things happening and it's about to be mid-elections yeah and and it's and it's the timing of everything like it's absolutely intentional like no one's doing it it doesn't happen to be before the midterms people are really trying to make this election go red and not people i'm sorry republicans these uh, white supremacists are working very hard to make sure that Democrats do not win this midterm election. And that's not to say that Democrats aren't doing a hell of a job of trying to make sure that we go out and vote too. But there is a little piece of me that is afraid that their malice and the, they're willing to oh, go so that's very what they mean, far. The white people or the- yeah, like you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So they're willing to go very far to make sure that the Democrats don't win. And so I just think that the, if the Democrats aren't going to play dirty, we're going to lose because we're not playing dirty and they will play dirty. And so we will lose no matter what. So that scares me. That's terrible. And so it's important for people like Maxine Waters to keep saying that they ain't fucking scared when you send bombs to, to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, literally. But the bombs are never going to get to them. Well... It was never, the system is so crazy that it was never going to get to But the statement did as much as it needed to. You know what I mean? Like the statement of what that meant that those people were, and the intention. So you're telling me this is the first time that a package goes to any. Oh, no. It's not. So why, they just just went to report it, though. Yeah, but, well, because it it was multiple people and, like, at the same time. Like, it was, like, multiple. It wasn't, like, one. What what, do you think? Do you think that will ever happen again? Did that? Hell yeah, that happened millions of times. Oh People yeah, send, I'm sure. I like, mean, anthrax. Well, it, even it doesn't even have to be bombs. Remember when they were sending that chemical right. in the envelopes, right? Like that. That stuff happens all the time. But my point is the timing of it. You know what I mean? And the idea that it's happening again. If if a white dude wants to make sure that Trump stays president, and now the white dude is the one who's like doing all this crazy shit, I feel like we were raised in a way to be taught that like only the outside people, the non-Americans, are the dangerous ones that are going to come here, and they hate our freedom, and they're going to whatever. But now it's actually just the white people, and we're surrounded by them. Like they and they run the country, so it's kind of like, what the fuck does that even mean for us, bro? Like yes, and and that's a statement to the politician, but the scary part of it. 
for me at least, is that if they can do that to them, when people decide it's time for war, I can be walking down the street one day and walk by a white motherfucker in the same way I used to be scared of bloods and crips. I now need to be afraid of white people I'm walking past because they might just snatch me up and kill me because mm. that's the direction that it seems to be going. And maybe not in New York, but like that seems to be the direction that it's going. And that's isn't that does that not scare anyone am i bugging like no i have a theory about this yeah. i mean <laughs> i mean i will admit to like even being having scared on like saint patrick's day when i was in the city i was like too many white frat boys yeah 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 i understand that feeling yeah i had a theory about this this, this might sound crazy right you know how i feel like they control us with the news right? yes media. media i would agree obviously. that media controls this yeah so that's what i'm saying so they probably People probably send bombs or whatever threats to them daily. Right. And it just, the media decides, okay, let's report it now. now. And now they have everybody like worrying about stuff that that already happens. And you know what it is? White people always been in control. Now we're just noticing. Right. It's like another generation. I feel like everybody now is smart. Yeah. And I think, and I think also, and, like I feel like everybody's known it, but not everybody's been after like especially when they dismantled like the Black Panther Party and all these big things. People were afraid to try to resist again because they literally saw a whole fleet of people get knocked down. So there was a long generation of like, nah, not me. I'm not gonna be the one. <laughs> so people were just trying to fit in and then you know fit the mold and like you know shut the fuck up because I gotta keep my job exactly, and I can't back exactly. out. And so people were like learning to behave so that they wouldn't get killed. But now it's like mm. people are like, wait, why are we? Be- behaving for them like fuck them right and now that we're saying fuck them again though the same aggression that existed at that time is coming back because they're not just gonna let us take over you know what i mean and so that's what i mean like there is and it's just scarier now because what you're saying is true those things probably happen every day but because they happen every day and because now they're it's people are getting more comfortable doing it more often and more publicly and there's no age like the white house isn't condemning them the military is ran by the white house like you know what i mean it's like who's gonna protect us when she goes hits the fan like you know like he wants to build a wall between like you know what i mean like it's wild it's almost like a fantasy i could get over this you know (laughs) you better run i would run i literally think about that i'm like yo i need to know when i need to leave to dr at the right time because there's gonna be a moment Mm. i need to leave and i need to take my family and we're gonna have to go the fuck to dr like the fact that I think that that could possibly happen it's, is not okay. That's scary. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's scary. Anyway, um, Maya in the moment. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Maya in the moment who was just written up by Forbes in an article that says um, a Latina who made it onto BuzzFeed's Better Like by focusing on authenticity. I just wanted to give her a shout out because I see you making moves. Saw you in Hispanicize, and you looked amazing. So shout out to you, girl. And shout out also to Julissa. Julissa recently did a tour where she gave like a speech at a university. I can't remember the name of the university now, um, but it was really, really dope. <clears throat> and she was just also talking about like, you know, believing in your dreams and you just have to fucking go get it. Um, so both of those girls are out there killing it. Shout yes. out to them. All right, so now we're going to move into our tuta loca. It's where we call motherfuckers out for doing the most. <laughs> I had already mentioned Danya Jones. Um, we already talked about it, but we definitely just wanted to highlight that this is a really scary time uh, to be a black person. It's always been a scary time to be a black yeah. person in America. Um, but, you know, it as we were just saying so passionately right now, we're just literally living in a time where the way in which 
um, our black heroes and movement was dismantled seems to be happening again. And it's not just killing black people, but also like dismantling groups and all the voter suppression that we've been hearing about. Like it is literally they're attacking at all angles um, and it's it's scary. Um, and I feel very lucky to live in New York right now. Mm-hmm. Um, birthright citizenship. Uh, so Trump proposed that he can write an executive order to end birthright citizenship. Um, and Perez Hilton actually came out and was like, yeah, I don't support Trump. But, um, you know, I also agree that if two immigrants come here and they have a baby, their baby just can't like come here and take all the benefits. And it's just no, like he, he did. He sure did. Um, and And so, you know, the idea <laughs> that like it's being painted as though like people come here, have the baby, and then the baby is sucking all these resources without giving anything back. Like, you know what I mean? As though they aren't citizens, which means that they need to pay taxes and they need to go through the life that every other American has to go through. What are they, what handouts are, are they getting? Mm-hmm. The right to start a life here? The, that Like, that just doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Um, so even that is scary. I'm like, I'm at the point where I'm like, he's going to find a reason to deport me. <laughs> like I'm gonna get deported. But, oh, well, your the, parents weren't citizens when they got here, even though they came legally. Mm, but they weren't Americans, and we're trying to just keep it to but real they don't Americans. Really understand, though, like, that's the thing. They don't really understand. Even if they don't really understand what it is to live our lives, you know. Yeah. No, they don't. So but it's, it's just different for them, you know. But that's, but I wonder then why they care so much to ruin it and to like not just let it, us live our lives, like. Clearly, there there's an intimidation or, or a loss of power that they feel the more that yeah. we just live our lives. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, it's not like we wake up every day. And we're like, we're going to we're going to fight to beat white people and be better than white people. Like, we don't wake up. We're just out here. We wake up and we say, you know, I want to take care of my family. I want my family to have a better life. I want to achieve this dream. I want to make this money. It's not about them, but it feels like some white people wake up in the morning and it's just like fucking niggers fucking yeah, you but, know but wetbacks thing, and thing, like i'm gonna do there's like a lot of i met i've met personally met a lot of black men that are amazing people like they of course the most amazing but, but that's what i'm saying so they they've made it i've met a lot of mexican people i've met i met all kind of people that they're great in whatever they do right so the thing is like it's not i feel like sometimes we focus too much on what's going everybody's going through shit we all going through shit right but if that ma- if that black brother made it, if that Mexican guy made it, if whoever made it, why can't I mean yes, if someone was gonna fall short. Obviously, we all go through obstacles. I go, mm-hmm. man, you have no idea my obstacles. But if they made it, why we can't? You know, if yeah, and I I think essentially like what I'm saying is is that it's scary that now you can go through that journey, you can fight and make it right. And then because you're black and a cop pulls you over and he thinks you're about to shoot him, then you're going to get killed. So but but that's but like that's my point is that it's a scary time to live because even though we're just out here making it and not giving ourselves excuses and living our lives, literally like there's new obstacles every time that we have to face. And some of them are just because of the color of our skin and not because of the universe. I'm saying that those people, those same black people that went through all of that, they still made it. Right. They made it. And then like Martin Luther King and then he got killed. Like and then like, you know what I mean? And then it's like there's always the bullet or the death always seems to be the like end, like end of the line. Like, you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. I've met a lot of black men that are great. I met lawyers. I met real estate agents. Yeah. And they, they're like to the top. They're at the top of their fields. Yeah. Like they really are. Yeah. So if they can make it, and I'll guarantee you, you talk to them, they probably went through half that 
more than us probably because they right. they black. Right. Well, and, yeah, and so, you I, know, and so I, there's a way to make it. It just everybody just stop making excuses. That's all right. It is. But I think that whether we make excuses or not, like we are being persecuted right now. As is what I guess is what I'm saying. Because like literally, it's always been like that. Yeah. No, it's not old. All this shit isn't new, but like I said, it's happening more publicly, more comfortably because because we have social media now, we have Facebook, we we have all right. sources of so it's a uh, lot more to digest, right? So we see it more, but it's always been happening. Yeah, I, exactly. I agree yeah, with exactly. that. No, no, I 100 percent agree with that. But I'm saying, but it is a scary time because now that's all happening. But it's happening under a president who, even if every white motherfucker in office has been racist, he is so openly so that it is now making the people who felt like they had to hide their racism in certain places that. They they don't actually need to hide their racism anymore and it's just like okay well you know that doesn't mean that we that we're not going to finish college and make money and achieve our dreams because that's happening but it does mean that we're living in a time where we we can literally be attacked or killed or something more so than we would have before this administration is all i'm saying okay. yeah you know yeah and then the next tutaloka goes to a freaking school district that is investigating a Facebook post featuring teachers dressed as Mexicans and make America great again wall. Like, yeah. it's literally a picture. One picture is teachers dressed as Mexicans, and then the next picture is another bunch of adults, like, with painted brick walls in front of them, like, smiling. Mm-hmm. Cheesing. And then behind, Cheesing. like, one of them is a Statue of Liberty. The mm-hmm. other one is, like, like it's a lot of, like, American things, and it's, like, the wall is going to make America great again. And then the other teachers were the Mexicans who were who couldn't get through the wall. That's funny. You know? <laughs> does, so I was going to ask you, so, like, as a, like, as a Mexican-American, like, how, how, how does that make you feel? Do you... It's funny. What's funny about it for you? Like, what... Well, <laughs> it's just funny. We... we we're gonna lie like we not we don't make fun of white people behind the back. We make fun of white people. Oh, of course, but you know, I, I it's just I, funny. Just people do what people do, and it's just funny. I, I wonder if, but do you think the wall will go up? And do you think like do you feel like as a Mexican, no, Mexican American, people are gonna find a way to get in? It doesn't matter. You don't think so? You don't think the wall is gonna it be? It doesn't a, matter. Mexican issue. people are gonna get in. Mexican, I'm guarantee Mexican people are gonna get in. <laughs> that's that's it. Like, yeah, like 100%. So that's it. Sure. Um, and I mean, like we have the 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 group the group of people that's making their way to the border right now. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think is gonna happen when they get here? Do you yeah. think they're gonna make it through? Or do no, you they're think gonna the, make it through. Of course. You don't think that the military is gonna? Well, the military they're not allowed to. No, hmm. no. To shoot at them? No. Hmm. They just there to provide. Support. That's all there is. Hmm. Okay. I didn't know that. I actually don't know that I, I, because I've, I heard about the story, mm-hmm. but I didn't actually understand the real, like, they've been following their journey. And then I know that Trump sent a bunch of troops down there, but I didn't know that it was to, to help them. I thought it was, like, to make sure that they didn't get in. No, because they, he, they're, they're helping the, the, was it, like, the, Un, the United Nations police, mm-hmm. whatever they are? Okay. The United Nations. Gotcha. Yeah. So gotcha, gotcha. That's what they're always just supporting. They're not, if people just come, they're not going to shoot them. Okay, I thought that they were going to like try to stop them from entry because I thought I thought that there was a shooter that always just was there that would like sh- not to kill, not shoot to kill, but would like deter people from mm-hmm. actually crossing the border. But I I have to say that I don't know that much about like our immigration policy to that degree, like to the like what happens exactly at the border when you get there. Like I have a general knowledge of like what are, mm. what things are like birthright 
you know, as mm. one of the things I'm aware of what that is. The wet foot, dry foot, like things like that. But I don't actually know the function of that. And I, I have to say I didn't do enough research on that to even know like what's really happening. But I know that the number of people who were coming making their way up has gone down a lot. Like the more that the news is coming out of how America's preparing, like the number has gone down a lot. So. Yeah, and also just fuck those teachers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck y'all. Yeah. Like, I, I, the teachers. Mm. I just, I, you know, I don't know. What teachers? The teachers who dressed up in the in the costume. Um, I just don't know. Like, if I was a Mexican kid in the class, like, and maybe like my parents were here undocumented, and I'm like afraid that they're gonna get deported. I don't know if I would find it. Like, I don't know how I would feel if my teacher was dressing up as the wall. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I yeah, just that, don't. Just saying yeah. it sounds funny. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, the the whole country's a that, joke that, right that, now. That's just so. how it proves how crazy white people are. Like, yeah. what are you doing dressing as a war, brother? Come on. Yeah. There's, more, <clears throat> there's more important shit going on than you go here worrying about a war. Yeah. Oh, fucking A. Anyway, the topic of the day uh, being a bad hombre in the Bronx. So. Eriberto, you are of Mexican-American descent, yes, um, and you've, you know, you gave us a little bit of a background of, like, where you lived in New York, but I, I'm very interested in, like, what your life has been overall as a Mexican-American here in the East Coast, in the borough of the Bronx. I feel like in media and TV, we get to see a lot of the Mexican-American experience on the West Coast, but, like, media doesn't always cover, like, the East Coast Mexican-American experience. So um, what's, let, let's start from the beginning. What's your parents' story? How did they get here? Oh, man, my parents' story is crazy. So my, my mother and my father actually met when they were three years old. What? <laughs> wow. They grew up in a small town back in Mexico. It literally is, like, in the middle of the mountains. It's a road, and out of nowhere, just like little houses up here, and that's where they lived. Like, wow, that's crazy, right? Yeah. So they, so they decided they grew up, whatever. They moved to New York together. Well, my mom's mo- mother, my grandmother, mm-hmm. she moved to New York first. So she was with her grandfather. They made a little bit of money, and back in the day, they used to get paid. I don't know, like ten dollars. Wow. Right. So little by little, her her kids started coming over, and my mom came over. So they were here together. They got an apartment with my aunt, so they they were they lived together. My aunt, my aunt, uh, mom died, hmm. so my mother went. No, actually, I'm lying. My dad's mom died, mm. so my dad came to Mexico, but my mom was pregnant with me at the time. She was in New York. Mm. He was in Mexico, so he was going. You know, your mom dies. I can't even imagine. That. I don't even want to imagine that. But you know, yeah, what you go through. Yeah. So he was really depressed. So my mom. Went over to take care of him. Wow. So she was pregnant with me at the time. So she went to Mexico without papers. So, you know, to come back, you got to cross the border. Wow, yeah. Again. So. Wow. That's a big risk. So they went, um, whatever, they went to the funeral, whatever happened. My my dad came over. So now they were both trying to come to New York where my mom is eight months pregnant. Wow. So they're making the trip. She actually, when she got to New York, Three weeks later, I was born. Wow. So she crossed the whole time with me on the border. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That's, I, it, it almost like, like hearing that story, it's like inspiring. And at the same time, I'm like, damn. And like, and how is, like, how is this administration, atta- like, how could you want to remove, like, how could you say, like, after somebody takes that journey and does that, like, you go back just because I said so. Like, it's so frustrating, but it's so beautiful, the, like, passion and love you know that is behind the story yeah you know 
But the, the, that's the thing that keeps me going, though. Because, like, yo, she brings so much for me to be here. Yeah. So I owe her something. Yeah. Honestly. Mm. So. Yeah. And so what was, so tell us, what was it like? So you're here? Okay, so we're here. And actually, it's pretty cool, though, because I grew up with my cousins. I, my mom and her sister, we shared the same apartment. Mm-hmm. So it was a big family there. So I, I had my cousins, my Arjunas, you met them before. Arjunas, yeah. Man, we grew up together. So I really had, we always had somebody. Mm-hmm. thing out and we grew up in the projects and back in the 1990s mm-hmm. the projects is it was just black people mm-hmm. which I, I actually i feel like that's why it made me who i am today honestly because mm-hmm. i don't really hang out with mexicans that much except for my cousins and my family right but that is true actually yeah you yeah. do have <laughs> you have more black friends <laughs> <laughs> yeah because yeah. we grew up in the project so yeah. like that's all we all the people we were around with like that's and to to us that was normal like mm-hmm. so we go to school and then we hanging out with black people and all this and so we were, everybody it was Harlem I loved Harlem yeah yeah like, it was just cool like I didn't worry about nothing to me everything was normal but then we moved to the Bronx and it was just different people yeah fucking Dominican people yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot of us <laughs> yeah yeah and then you got Jonathan and you got Kamala, yeah, and then the I met these crazy yeah. people and then these crazy people changed my life like for some reason I never never, never connected to people like I connected to like I said before yeah it was like dopest shit ever because I carry the, the shit we have the relationship we go through yeah we carry through the through the years so yeah it's amazing it is and and so like for you because it's interesting you say that because like we all of us we came to school and that was our safe space and we were who we were presenting but then like our home lives were all very different (laughs) and like sometimes we knew about each other's home lives and sometimes we really didn't know what the fuck was going on in anyone's house so like what but what was it like growing up like that back and forth between being in the home with mom and really being in that mexican (laughs) context and then coming back outside yeah but well yeah being mexican i don't think you could really share the the experience hmm. unless you're mexican it's different hmm. it's completely different hmm. so the like we have good parties yeah amazing yeah. party we get drunk yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah we dance the music doesn't even make sense and it's just why just dance because we get drunk the food is banging yes mm. oh man mm-hmm. that yeah <laughs> a lot of people just know about tacos and because they use real go to my mom's house and yeah. she'll make the best mexican food in the world Oh Seriously. man, yeah, that's it. I remember we did a Super Bowl one year, and we went to your house and like d- potato. Oh yeah, made my guy. Mad, <laughs> like the sausage was. Just, it was like amazing. Yeah, shout out to potato. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Like literally made the best fucking food, and I was like, bro, I need to come to everything that they do that Yo. he cooks at. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so good. Yo, his he actually there's time where he cooks for his family, mm-hmm. and he comes up with the best meals ever. Yeah. Ham. I don't know. He, I don't know where the fuck he sees the recipes. At. Like, he just makes them. Yeah. He's yeah, he's yeah, dope. really good. So like you have basically like that homey feel of like you know it's a community. Like you, it's your family, but you guys were really a, yeah. a community. Um. And so, w- did you? Would you say that like you guys faced um discrimination both like you know like in different spaces that you went through like your family? What was discrimination like for you guys? I feel like it was more when we were smaller, though. Hmm. When we were in Harlem. We just don't remember it too much. Hmm. Because back over here, like I said, we met Spanish people, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans. That was new to us. Hmm. So, like, meeting people that actually spoke Spanish was pretty cool, you know? Yeah. So, when we came over here, like, once I actually remember, I don't really 
that's it. Like, yeah. Never really happened to me. Because hmm. I used to hang out with, like, black people. We used to hang out with, like, the fake bloods back in the day. Right. <laughs> <laughs> in the projects. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I always, I remember, like, sometimes I think about the jokes we used to crack on each other. Yeah. And, like, how, like, back then it was just like, what? That's just the joke. And, like, if we were to hear kids like that now, we'd be like, oh, my God, that's so problematic. Mm. And I think about, like, the like when they would say, oh, like, to me, like, oh, you're a dumb in a can, right? And then, like people always make fun of you being Mexican, even though they loved you and accepted you. Like it was always, like yeah. it was always a joke for some reason. Like we had to point out the fact, even still, I feel like sometimes <laughs> you go to a ranch and Carmelia is like, you fucking Mexican. Like, and it's just like, you know, right. You know what I mean? Like, and so I, I just, I think, you just gotta find yourself, man. Right. Honestly, cause fuck that. I fucking love being Mexican. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, you, you asked me who I'm from? I'm Mexico. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even back and in Mexico. There is definitely that Mexican pride, though. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, of course. Like, yeah. there's, there's, this, there's this thing of, like, people making fun of Mexicans, but then there's also, like, a strong pride in being Mexican and, like, you know, loving where you came from and, yeah. and, and the mm-hmm. culture and everything. And, like, there's so many different, like, areas from Mexico that, like, have different customs and, like, like, I don't know. That pride is yeah, and it's I, strong. And, it's strong. Yeah. Um, so I do want to just really quickly, um, you know, let's talk about real estate, right? So, like, how did you end up in real estate? Like, what you, what was your journey? Okay, so like I was saying before, I used to bartend in order to pay for college because so, I didn't have the money. So while I was bartending, that's what I was doing. Once I graduated, I, I received my bachelor's in um, real estate investment. Mm-hmm. And once I graduated, I wanted to work for CBRE. I signed up for the summer program, but apparently I didn't qualify because mm. I needed two years of experience. But I didn't, I didn't have the money for it, so I bartended it, and I don't have the experience. So now I'm over here looking for jobs after I graduate. You know, the usual. Yeah, the like, usual hustle. Yeah. So the, uh, there was one of my boys. He used to do real estate. He's like, yo, why you don't join a real estate company? Get your, your um, experience there for two years. And then go apply. The reason I wanted to apply for CBRE is because they have uh, a headquarters in Long Island, in downtown Los Angeles, mm. which is where I want to live. Mm. I went to Los Angeles in March. And you want to, you fell in love <laughs> over there. I love it. So that's my plan. Like yeah. Making enough, not, not making a be sufficient enough where I could live here and live there. Yeah. I really like it. Lit. Yeah. I think owning real estate in more than one place is really important. And like for people who don't know about home ownership at all, because I really do feel like there are people who don't know about it and it's not because they don't want to, but we've never necessarily had anyone teaching us at an early age. Like, Hey, this is how you can succeed in owning property in the future. If that's what you want to do rather than the Pythagorean theorem. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so what, what tips or what sort of like advice would you give to people who are, wanting to get into real estate on a purchasing like your clients like these are so now you're going to talk to your put your real estate hat on you're going to talk to your clients <laughs> if i want to uh own a home or an apartment or whatever the hell it is in new york city or anywhere how do i make that happen like what are some of the common misconceptions that people have where that make them think oh i can't do it because of this but that's actually not true it's actually the the bad thing is the opposite that a lot of people think they could do it hmm. tell me that's more about the that they can't do it and why, like, why? What is, like, what are it, it the costs? How does just, it work? Okay, so you, yeah. let's say you go to a doctor. You're going to tell him that he's been studying how, how to do the whole procedure. Hey, don't clean my teeth this way or don't do the surgery this way. You're not going to do that, right. are you? 
Of course not. Yeah. So there's people that just read, you know, the quick scheme books or the real estate books. Right. But the thing is, like, the books, none, none of it could explain how it actually is to be a real estate agent. You mm-hmm. actually, there's some, it's something you have to just go through it. Like, you get a bunch of motherfuckers that get in your nerve, mm-hmm. and you get cool people, you yeah. know, that you actually connect, and then throughout the years, you re- you build relationships, which is the best thing about the job. Mm-hmm. You know, because... Like, you get to meet, like, so many cool people, honestly. Yeah. It's, it's dope. Like, I, I went to a Mets game, and I, I sat in the, the booths with the the VP, the owner, sits at. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I was just hanging out with him, and, and I was just chilling. Like, it's pretty cool, you know, to be be that connected to people. Right. So do you feel you feel a, a sense of, like, like, a success? Like, do you feel like you now have the key to, like, a different world of understanding than a lot of people around you have had? Like, that you can spread knowledge on, not even just becoming a real estate agent, well, but, yeah, like, my, buy actually, a home. Like, now goal, you, you know what I mean? Like, that you can t- teach people how they can buy a home if they want to buy a home and stuff like that. Well, my, my personal goal when I feel like I'm successful is where, I, with me, I, I don't have no doubt that I'm going to make it where I'm going to make it. But to me, to feel successful is that I'm good enough, I'm a good of a man, to make sure my brother is successful, my sister is successful, my others is successful, mm. and make sure my, because oh, this is my dad's and my mom's dream, to live in Mexico without paying anything. Mm. Like, and, dope, and people don't even understand our house. Our house is fucking dope. It's a duplex. Nice. It has a huge ass backyard, and then in our background is mountains. Wow. There's people, over, I just read an article, this guy in Wisconsin, he's selling his house for like $10 million. Jesus. Fucking go to Mexico. This is way better than that. Right. Exactly. Like, you yeah. see the mountains. Like, it's fucking dope. Yeah. And they built it. They, they started building it when I was five. Every mm. day, every year, they used to save a little bit of money just to take, go go back to Mexico and then pay the whoever was going to pay to put, like, another level, put another brick or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now they fixed it up to be, it took, it took work. It took, like, man, years. Yeah. Now they build it, and it's fucking nice. It's That's really awesome. dope. That's really beautiful. That uh, it reminds me of my family in DR, and we have stuff. And you, you have family in Puerto Rico that mm. have houses and stuff like that. It's mm. not. I like being able to go to DR and say that I'm going to a house. You know what I mean? And not like, oh, I'm going to this hotel. I mean, mm-hmm. hotels are cute, but like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And to know that it's like yours, even though it's not necessarily yours, yours, and in some cases it is, it is yours by like yeah. legally, right? Yeah. But, but even though like that, that's in your family. And like growing up in the Bronx, I feel like. I always felt like we didn't have shit. We didn't have shit. Like, our whole lives, we didn't have shit. We didn't have shit. And it wasn't until I got older that I... Can I finish my deal? Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. So, that's my goal, because that's what they want. So, what I want to do with my family is to make sure I provide enough for them to just go fucking live in your house. Yeah. In Mexico, and don't worry. Like, you're chilling. Like, you don't have to worry about anything. We send you money. You have for food. Because that's really what they want. Yeah. Some simple last shit. Like, literally, to live in Mexico, you need, like... $100 $100 a week. Wow. That's like how cheap it is over there. Wow. For two people. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So you know what I mean? So that's like for us, like that's what we got to provide. Like at least $100 a week. Right. Which is nothing. Only. Nothing. Like, yeah. you know, I spent $100 by accident. By accident. Like, <laughs> <laughs> <you> know, exactly. <laughs> you know. But it's sure. also like I want to put them in a place where it's not just $100. Like, yeah, you're just living for free. But at the same time, if you don't want to come home, you make an income. You could fucking rent a condo in fucking right. New York if you want to and see the fucking whole skyline for a month. Right. That's right. the kind of shit I want to provide. That's yeah. that's when I feel I'm successful. Word. When my whole family 
my fam my, my immediate family and I have my cousin obviously or Janice. Right, right, right. And Ivan. Yeah. Bro, if we if I take them all where I wanna be, son, that, that's when I know I'm successful. That's dope. Yeah. Not so much about me. Fuck that. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think that the the older and older I've gotten, the more I've realized that the things that are just for me are very fleeting if I don't have other things that are important around me. And like if I just make it and I'm just rich, but my family's still fucking living mm-hmm. in the in that rinky ass apartment building. And like, you know, even like with some friends, like I wouldn't like if you know, I show up to a brunch and all y'all are like mad broken and yeah, shattered. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, these whack ass motherfuckers. <laughs> like, I, I, you know what I mean? Like, it would, I would want to have you guys with lift me. It, like, lift, it, yeah. lift me and so it lifted in some sort of way. Like, I always have these fantasies sometimes of like, okay, well, like, if, because there's like this survivor's guilt mentality where it's like, if I make it and I'm so big and then I leave people behind, like, I feel a little guilty. But like, I want to be able to not feel guilty because I can say, Oh, you know, like let's go to Japan together. Let's go to Japan together, <laughs> or like, oh man, I or, wish I could go. Yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. I'm going to Japan, by the way. If I haven't said yeah, that on exactly. the episode, um, but like that, I can say, like, let's say, and this isn't gonna happen, but like, let's say, if for whatever reason, like Jonathan was down and out, and like his kid, like he didn't have money for his kids, like school, something for school. Like I want to be able to be a friend. Like I don't need Jonathan to hang out with me every day, but I will say, oh, here's like the. F- you know 50 you know grand that you need to pay that thing and here yeah. take it like you know what i mean like i want to be able to like help people in that way exactly without or hang out, having or to hang think out, about or it hang like, out to hang out together like yeah. for example like we could hang out anytime we want right and just be like yo let's rent out whatever yacht is like a thousand dollars it's not that much yeah you know, right you know, and just all, like yeah. just hang out juan like, has done this before yeah. with his friends actually but you know what I, you know what i mean it's not that bad of experience <laughs> Yacht or like life, you said, going to Japan. Yeah. Oh man, Jalissa, I want to go to yeah, Japan. Yeah, I know. Come, come yeah, with us. Yeah, um, Awesome. So uh, the last little bit um, is Dame Luz. And so we want you to give us a little light on something. So as someone who's in real estate, you do see also like how industries are changing like businesses. So like what type yeah. of businesses are flipping, how that restaurant turns into this type of business and that old Payless store turns into this yeah, new yeah, business. Yeah. So a business that we see that is developing in certain states and countries, but not in New York yet, is the weed industry. So <laughs> I... <laughs> I <Thank God>. <laughs> which I would like to get a little bit of your insight on some of the things that you've seen are changing and growing within the weed industry and how that's going to affect the weed industry as we know it in new york even though it's not a official industry but we know a whole network of it's an industry right yeah, there's a weed industry in new york that's underground so like what does that mean when it becomes legal in new york not if when when becomes illegal in new york oh man <laughs> <laughs> well weed is gonna be more what expensive now yeah yeah i, I think that's like the only downside yeah besides and- that it's gonna be more potent yeah. It's gonna taste better, it's gonna be cleaner. Yeah. But it's gonna be more expensive. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm okay with the the weed that the bud dealers have. Right. For me, it's like, okay. And do you think that, like, do you think that the bud dealers that exist now are gonna get, like, pushed pushed out? Almost like gentrification? Not, like, no, not. right? Like you said, if they're smart enough, they, they, they've been in the business for I don't know how many years. Like you said, if you're right. smart enough, my brother, get in there. You've been doing it your whole life. Yeah. Now so, I might just get paid way more than that. Right. And and Eddie's referring to a conversation we had um, before off air where I was saying, like, my hope would be that the same motherfuckers who've been hustling and have, like, gotten the formula down can get the resources that exactly. they need to say, yo, so I'm going to open a shop. 
Like, or I'm, you know what I mean? Or, or, you know, I'm going to, it doesn't need to be a storefront. There's so many ways that you can get in in on that industry. And I just hope that they can get in on it and not be pushed out of it. Yeah. The thing is that they just have to get together and stop thinking competing with each other. Yeah. Which is something, yeah, that I had also mentioned. Because those fucking Jewish guys, they get together and fucking buy a lot of houses. Right. And they take over neighborhoods. Yeah. But they, they do it as a community. You get a smaller piece of the pie, but you owning a lot, a small piece of a fucking huge ass pie. Right. So right. it's better owning a big piece of a little pie or... Right, right, right. Exactly. A hundred percent. And I think that, and I was saying that, like, if you got two homeboys and y'all dealing, that's how you make money. Or more than that. But you know what I mean? I'm just saying as an example, like, don't just think about like, oh, well, I can't have the store or I can't start that business because I just don't have the money. And it's like, bro, you have a whole community. Yeah, but that's also the advantage. I saw as an immigrant that I saw that it is crazy that we don't have connections. You know, I had a person in real estate that he was trying to train me like, you know, talk to you, your your inner circle, your inner circle, right? Mm-hmm. Who you know and see, my man, my fucking uncle, my brothers, my, not my brother, my cousins, my uncles, they all work in the kitchen. What connects I have? You right. know what I mean? Right, right. Who you yeah. want me to call? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do that. Have a- that yeah, I can see from immigrants like that's the bad. That's the only bad thing because we also first generation. Like I'm first generation. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. So like it's like. People who like come after me is like kind of different to me because they don't relate to what it what it feels to be first generation. First mm. generation is crazy. Yeah, even like for second generation, like you're you're second generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, second generation. Juan, Juan is second mm-hmm. generation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and he's Boricua, and like a lot of more Boricuas, I feel like have more generations rooted in the United States because it's a commonwealth, right? Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. immigration policy is completely different. But yeah, there is a difference in like feeling, and I feel like growing up, I used to feel like. Puerto Rican people, I used to see more successful Puerto Rican people than any other like <laughs> Latino people because and my, my brain never made the connection like if this Dominican dude owns a bodega, that's actually a big deal. If that mm. lady owns a salon or whatever, that's that's a pretty big deal. They're running a business. But I never regarded those businesses the same as the Boricuas who I saw who spoke English. Like people's moms who spoke English and the type of jobs they had, they had to dress up because it was an office job and they had pictures of their parents who graduated on their walls and I'm like, damn, my mom didn't even graduate high school like you know what i mean there was always like such a lessening of what the success was that i would always look at boricuas and i was always like wow they are just like they're the success <laughs> them not us oh, you know as a first yeah but as a first generation because i'm literally coming from the, the direct struggle it's not like now like i see my nieces and stuff and like my brother and I, like, my nieces don't even understand that. That doesn't cross like, their mind yeah. because they see their titis and their father or whatever, and everybody's mm-hmm. so Americanized or it's deep or it's at least one layer deeper in talk, America talk, that it's different. It's different for them. Yeah, yeah. Talk, talking about that, like, yeah. we, we grew up talking about white people were not that good. I never fucking met a white people when I was in junior high yeah, school. No, like, what the fuck? I never seen and, a white person. Yeah, really, because unless they were our teachers and stuff like that. Or, yeah, but we had a lot of white teachers that were hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did um but you know what i mean so oh, man, i think white, it's I, i'm not gonna lie white white some of my white girls now they are just they started working out yeah <laughs> are you saying that no now there's more white girls with ass is yeah, that yeah, is that yeah. all you're really trying yeah. to say because <laughs> that's really all you're trying yeah yeah no, it's true it's true um there's some thick there's some thick whiteies out there there's some for sure um but yeah so sorry we veered off but like in the weed industry so the the hope would be that like folks can like take over and like 
get together and like start these businesses and own small yeah, yeah, pieces of, of big pies and be making this money. Yeah, but it's bad for people that small because it's going to be more expensive. I know, I know, but I do think that if it's going to be because like the more that I've seen it develop in other states, I'm like, I'm interested to see how medically, like actually, not just recreationally, because there are some people who it's like they claim medical so that they can use it recreationally. But then there are people who genuinely, genuinely need medical marijuana. I mean, I have one friend who she used to get these seizures and literally she needed to smoke and smoking would stop the seizures. Like, no, way. no, 100 percent. No, 100 percent. 100% because I've been in moments where I literally had to put joints in her mouth and light it for her because she couldn't like, you know what I mean? Like it, it insane. But to have seen it and to have witnessed actually medical Mm. marijuana at work i was like you know like it's all fun and games and everybody likes oh 420 jokes and all that stuff but there are actually a lot of people who are being robbed of the opportunity of getting that type of medication because we just think it's a drug for like people who are lazy and and all these stigmas so i'm excited to see i wonder if that benefit will be worth me paying a a couple extra bucks actually i feel like a lot of great people get high yeah. Oh God. Everybody smokes. Everybody. But not just smoke weed. But not just smoke weed in yeah. general. Like, like we were speaking earlier. Like, there's a theory that like the first man. That's how they. Right. Like discover. That, that makes sense though. Cause I don't know of you, but I personally been on some trips. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I was like, yeah. Eye is, opening. Yeah. This, this is like, I feel like I want the one of my trips. I actually, felt like I was being born. Wow. And this is just on weed. Like, wow. I don't do anything but weed besides that and nothing. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was, but it's been a really cool experience because actually, like, it, a change, uh, like, a, you change your mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, for feel, sure. you feel like you're like you're new, just, you're just new person. Like, fuck it. Yesterday was yesterday. Now, every day you have an opportunity to just, like, start, start over. But you don't want to start over too many times. Hmm. Because then you're just starting over. That's just, and, that, and you're, then you you're, get you're, caught up in starting it, it, over. The, you lose the point. Yeah. My brother, it's to start over one time. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, mm-hmm. you can start over a few times. But but I get what you're saying. Yeah. The more you start over, then you're just comfortable yeah, starting you're just over comfortable, and never actually yeah. going to step two. Yeah. Word, word. Yo, so where can we find you? What's your social media? Uh, well, you can call me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, give us the plug. Give us a plug. If we need to find an apartment, how yeah, do we find definitely. you? Yeah, definitely. No. Not an apartment. If you if you want to buy, you want to sell. Gotcha. You uh, so, sorry, very clear. Buying, selling. So if you're in that place, you can find him. Yes, call me at 917-371-9129. You can find me on Instagram at hvia2018. Dope, dope. And you can find us at Ladies Who Bronche on Facebook and Instagram at Ladies Bronche on Twitter. Um, thanks for listening. And until next time, Bronche.